For what indeed is a man without freedom? Look, my struggle for freedom is mine. This is what freedom's all about. Lord Prince, this man speaks treason. It is not treason to want freedom. Welcome to the Imago Day podcast, the show of philosophical and theological reflections with Professor Joseph Terry. Joe, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Good to see or hear you, rather. And I'm ready to yeah. rock and roll today. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited because today we're going to talk about freedom. We're continuing conversation. Um, last week we talked about uh, value and the quest for the good. And um, you wanted to follow up with the conversation about uh, authentic freedom. And I wanted to know, like, what what made you want to talk about freedom and why was this kind of a natural follow up to talking about, uh, you know, we talked about value and good and worth. Like, why is freedom so important? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, at the heart of the question of what is the good life, what is the ideal or the best kind of life, other classical philosophers would articulate it as what is the happy life or the, or, or the blessed mm. life. Uh, at the heart of that is the question of freedom, because fundamentally, we then, once we have an orientation or a goal, we have an idea in mind, all right, this will be the ideal life, or this is going to be the good life or the happy life. The, the follow-up is, how do I achieve it? <clears throat> and mm-hmm. sometimes uh, our understanding of the how doesn't really line up with reality as it is metaphysically understood. And so for the classical philosophers, though few of them ever treat the question of freedom in any explicit sense, it seems to be implicit in much of their thinking and in their writing and the way they articulate their philosophy. And and so I think it's deeply connected to the good life, right? So if the good life is the obtaining of, let's say, material acquisitions, the following question is, all right, if that is the case, how can I go about doing that? Um, and though we may not necessarily ask the question of freedom in any explicit sense, um, usually the question of freedom is embedded even in our thinking about what the good life is. Um, so I think mm. I think it's an important thing, and um, <clears throat> given our sort of modern postmodern times, the sort of cultural ethos that we find ourselves in, uh, the vast majority of us have a sort of what I would articulate as a as an adolescent understanding of freedom, uh, a childish mm. understanding of freedom. Uh, understandably so, again, given the, the the lack of a robust metaphysics and and ethic uh, in our day. But I want to. I, th- I think it's an, it's an important conversation to have to talk about freedom in light of that. So, so just to kind of uh, summarize what you mm-hmm. just said, it's it's like the question of freedom is a natural follow up to a person's understanding of how they view life and and the good I life. Think so, like yeah. you, you're naturally okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and so I can imagine that there are many different schools of thought when it comes to freedom because if it's like you said, if it's based off of what is the good life? I'm sure that there's a whole gamut mm-hmm. of definitions of, right. of freedom. Right. W- would you say that's accurate? I, I think so. I think it is accurate. Uh, what I usually do with my students when I uh, approach this topic is I simply ask them, hey, guys, what is freedom? What, what does it mean to be free? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, those are two, uh, to some degree, distinct questions, right? What does it mean to be free uh, subjectivizes uh, the question and, and what is freedom is more of a sort of ontological or metaphysical question. But I, I try to start on the side of the existential or the subjective and I say, hey, <clears throat> what do you think 
uh, uh, it means for you to be free? I, like, when are you free? Or how would you uh, perceive freedom? And usually the, the answer goes something like this. Um, I'm free when I'm able to do whatever I want to do. Or I'm free when, my, when I'm able to exercise my will arbitrarily, right? When I can just do uh, what I want to do, uh, pursue what I want. And to the degree in which I'm able to do that is the degree in which my freedom is uh, intact or uh, in some ways coextensive with that. So my freedom increases when my will is able to be exercised in any sort of arbitrary direction, <laughs> you know, and that's mm-hmm. how the typical answer is given uh, by my students and, and by, by people in general. Um, you know, are, are you free today? No, I'm not free. I have this responsibility or, or, or this thing coming up. And that's typically how our language uh, is shaped by our understanding of freedom. It's how we, are, we articulate it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, is that, is that historical though? Like here in the West, because like when you were talking about freedom, you know, I live in Philly. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm thinking about what Thomas Paine wrote, mm. you know, or, or like what Thomas Jefferson wrote about the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder is, is like the, the consensus that you run into with your students, is that just based off of like historically just Western ideas of freedom? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what 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 Thomas Jefferson and and the 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 writers uh, of that document, um, what they were shaped by is precisely the so, sort of same spirit that shapes our thinking of freedom today. And, and that is, we are all children of the Enlightenment. Uh, we are children of the Renaissance, and and we no longer are beholden to a sort of metaphysical and epistemological worldview that was rich in the Middle Ages all the way down to the classical period. So <clears throat> the pursuit of happiness, right, uh, is usually understood under a sort of relativistic, um, subjectivistic term, right? So mm-hmm. what makes you happy will be distinct than what, what makes me happy. So and, th- and that's as far as our thinking typically goes right we, we just it, we see the pursuit of happiness uh synonymous with uh aesthetic appeal so or aesthetic taste if you like chipotle that may be good for you that's not necessarily something that i desire i'd rather go and have a big mac from mcdonald's right you know and you know and, and that's kind of how we think about it it's just like hey what well, you know do you and and uh, as i typically articulate a sort of do you mentality and whatnot you know but for the classical and medieval philosophers and theologians uh they will invite us to go deeper in our assessment of, of happiness and even and have us sit with the question of what is happiness right so for a person like aristotle uh, he'll use the particular Greek word eudaimonia, which means fulfillment, right? How, how do you how do you spell eudaimonia? E u daimonia. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look that yeah, up. Yeah, just look that up. <laughs> I'm such a poor. <laughs> eudaimonia. Uh, and what does what does that mean? It means fulfillment. It means fulfillment, right? And so. When we think of happiness in relation to the question of fulfillment, 
I think that invites us to go deeper in our analysis of what is then the happy life, right? Uh, because for Aristotle, that, that question is really, what is the fulfilled life? What is the kind of life that will afford us uh, a sense of completion? So it, it sounds like the, the type of freedom that, that I was describing that's prevalent is not really a, it's, it's like a, a shallower type of freedom than what some other thinkers were describing when they were talking about freedom. Can you, can you expand upon that? Like, what do you, yeah. it's, it's, mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. And, and I think, no, no, no. And I think this is connected to the question. Again, it's connected to the, to the question of the good life, right? So you, rather than thinking of freedom as the random sort of arbitrary exercise of one's will, I typically define freedom as the ability to achieve a goal unhindered, right? The ability to achieve a goal unhindered. So in other words, rather than thinking of freedom in, in a sort of explicit subjectivist uh, perspective that doesn't consider uh, orientation, I think freedom is, is best understood by means of the question, what are we free for? What are we free mm -hmm. for? Um, so what, what may be helpful is to run through a couple of examples. If you were a student, uh, let's say you and I were taking a class um, mm -hmm. together, and we, you know, we had a number of uh, assignments uh, coming up, uh, due, and, and all these pressures, academic pressures and whatnot. And I say to you, hey, Lewis, man, screw this, man. Let's just, let's just, let's just let's be free this weekend. Let's, let's be free. Mm -hmm. or, or let's say you come to me and you say, you know, Joe, I have all these responsibilities. Uh, what do you think I'm going to do? What should I do, bro? It's like so much. And I, I may say to you, ah, just do you, bro. Be free. Do you. It's interesting how you will hear that not as an invitation to go to the library and actually get the work you need to get done. You'll hear that as an invitation, even though I didn't say that explicitly, let's say, mm -hmm. right? I didn't it's say, implied. Oh, that. Right, it's implied almost in, because in a way we understand freedom as, ah, all right, well, let me remove the fetters. Let me remove any sort of discipline or rules or laws that, that are sort of hindering me from doing what I kind of want to do in the immediate sense, which is like chill, right, or whatever the case is. Um, now, if I ask you, yeah, go and do you, be free, if you're thinking of freedom in a more mature sense, right, to use some of the classical um, uh, um, philosophers, and I, have, I have them in the back of my mind, uh, they may say you would, you would hear that as, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to be, I, I want to do well in this class. Like, I don't, like, I want to be, like, the question is, am I free to obtain an A? in this class? Mm -hmm. Am I free to, to, to be excellent? Am I free to learn the material that I've set out to, to do initially, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and when you think of freedom like that, again, towards a goal, that safeguards you from thinking, of, thinking about freedom merely as a sort of arbitrary exercising of your will. And, and, and that's key. And so, I think when we think of freedom, there are two ways in which we can think of it. You know, again, I offer the definition of the ability to achieve a goal unhindered. But I think we, we, there are two ways. There's, there's the arbitrary freedom, 
right? Which is a sort of uh, freedom from dot, 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 right? Freedom from rules, from laws, from discipline, right? Uh, just be free, right? That is uh, arbitrary freedom. And then there's a, a deeper and more meaningful and expansive notion of freedom, which is what I call purposeful freedom, right? And, and that freedom actually, rather than rejecting rationality or law or discipline, actually embraces those things as gifts to achieve the, the, the good life or the higher goal that one has in mind. And this is not to, I, I don't want to demonize arbitrary freedom. It definitely has its place, right? Mm -hmm. It definitely has its place. Um, it's just arbitrary freedom tends to be more short-term minded rather mm -hmm. than long-term. And if I ask you, and this is where I think it's connected deeply with the question of the good life, um, what are the things that, um, that you value most in life? And you may tell me, well, your relationship with your wife and your family and the pursuit of, of, your, of your passions, let's say in the arts and whatnot. And when you think about that, if I ask you, Lewis, to sit and, and ponder how are you going to obtain those things, you'll come to recognize, I think, that it, it's not necessarily easy to sustain or obtain those things, right? To sustain a healthy relationship with your wife and to be intentional in spending time with your family and, and to be disciplined enough to, to pursue your art and, and the other things that make up your gift mix, right? You come to recognize that because these are higher values, they, they're higher goals or goods, they tend to require a greater amount of work to achieve them. And if you're thinking about freedom only in terms of a sort of arbitrary exercising of your will, you're, I would say is that you would have a, you would, you're going to have a very difficult time obtaining those higher goods. You mm -hmm. may have an easier time to obtain the lower goods, like the lower goods of sort of a sensual pleasure of just like, I'm just going to chill and watch a little Netflix, right? It's like, yeah, it's easy. It's free, right? I'm just going to go and just chill and walk. And okay, that's cool. They, they all have their place. But you know that if you want to be free to obtain a healthy relationship with Mel or to, to be intentional about those things that really give your life meaning and substance, you must become friends with discipline, with rules, with laws, with regards to your time, with regards to what you do, right? You're saying, I, I want to be free to, to, to grow that, to grow my relationship with my wife. And in order for me to be free to that, in order for me to say yes mm, to that, wow. I have to say and, and no I, I think to this tendency yeah, no, I, I in me to only think a, a arbitrary because, freedom. Um, it's like you're also that like to recognize or rather to embrace discipline um, is also recognizing the limits that human beings have by being bound to time or to the mm -hmm. circumstances in which they find themselves in. So Absolutely. It, it's, it's Absolutely. interesting. Like you're embracing those bondages um, that we're all placed under. And then that makes you more free. That's what I'm hearing mm -hmm. you say. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's some, uh, here are a couple of examples. And, and I think we, you and I, have, we've talked about this before. Um, You and I wouldn't be free to drive in New York City unless we had laws, traffic laws, right? Um, if I were to snap my finger and all of a sudden all the traffic laws and, and red lights and stop signs, et cetera, et cetera, were removed in New York City, 
in some immediate sense, if you and I were on the road, we would probably say to ourselves, oh, this is nice. Now I can kind of not, right? I can do me. I can go a little faster, right? Right. And, and, but I, right. But the thing is, is that that would be very short lived. Why? Because then you recognize, well, wait a minute, others are going to be doing that. And now we are jammed up. We won't be able to drive mm-hmm. we, because there's so many people. There's just, there's no order. Mm-hmm. There's no order. There's no coherence. And so the law, rather than taking away our freedom, it actually produces freedom. Rightly wow. understood. If the mm-hmm. law is just, right? Mm-hmm. If the law is just, what law is designed to do is to increase the freedom of the citizens. There's no way three or four million, I don't know how many people are on the road in New York City at any given hour uh, or drivers in New York. I, there's no way we would be able to drive. I mean, you come down a major intersection and if the light is out, if, if, a, if a light is out and you have to treat it as a stop sign, have you ever yeah. had the experience of it being <laughs> Of course. And that's just one light. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. And, that's and, a great and, example. Still, and still we're, we're treating it as a stop sign, right? It's not like a random, mm-hmm. you're right? So... When we hear the word laws or rules, the immediate temptation is, ah, they're meant to be broken. Or mm-hmm. mm, let's see if we can do things to kind of get around this. Mm-hmm. I think a more mature, wise, disciplinary approach recognizes it as a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not there to remove our freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there to actually increase our freedom. All with the understanding that freedom here is oriented towards the goal of driving. Mm-hmm. So that's just a small example. But other, why other you, ways of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, like, why? Like, I agree with you that I think that I think that is the the norm, like that type of thinking that that laws or rules are mm-hmm. a form of of bondage or hold us back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why do you think that's like? Why do you think that idea is prevalent for for people? we are fallen which is a theological um response we're mm-hmm. we're fallen creatures we're we're finite contingent beings with a sort of decisive disorientation within mm-hmm. us uh let's say if we wanted to use the biblical narrative of adam and eve mm-hmm. uh the first sin was the sin of transgression they they transgressed their limits they didn't embrace their limits right eve reached for the fruit which there was a clear limit on that she was not to do that. There's something uh, uh, within us that that draws us to to bypass that. Once you tell a child, "Listen, don't do this," <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be tempted to do it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like don't right. There's something within us that we just want to push the envelope, as it were, and, and transgress. Um, I I think that's the reason we are fallen and so that means that we tend to obey our lower nature rather than our higher nature uh, that's one way of saying it or we are egocentric naturally we, we mm-hmm. tend to be self-oriented rather than other oriented we tend to be uh thinkers with regards to immediate consequences rather than long-term consequences mm-hmm. right um, it's easier for us to 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 operate in that sense. So then it requires us to be intentional and disciplined to shift that sort of deep paradigm that's within our bones, right? Mm-hmm. That's within our soul. I, I mean, I would go as far as to say that we need the spirit. Uh, there's no way we can we can do this. We can 
do some kind of behavioral modifications, we can cultivate virtues and remove vices as Aristotle or Plato will articulate. But in the final analysis, what is needed is a, is a transformation of our inner being, a transformation of a heart, a heart transplant, as the prophet Jeremiah or Ezekiel will articulate to us. Mm -hmm. So our tendency towards a sort of arbitrary freedom is a manifestation, is really symptomatic of our fallenness. Um, being, um, uh, thinking of freedom in terms of freedom for, right, uh, purposeful freedom, in other words, requires discipline, it requires intentionality. And in the final analysis, it requires a heart transplant for us to live uh, in concert with that higher notion of freedom. I, I think, I think, I really, I really believe that it has very little to do with uh, raw intelligence. <laughs> it has to do more with notions of freedom, right? Um, so if you are in the library, right, and you're on the grind and you're doing the work you need to do in order to obtain the knowledge that you set, out, you set yourself out to obtain, uh, to, to get these papers done, to get the homework done, to get the exams done. What you're doing uh, effectively is you're saying no to immediate uh, uh, possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Your friends may say, hey, you want to go chill tonight? Nah, I got to be about this life. Hey, you want to do this? You want to chill? Nah. And then they may say, ah, just be free. Come on. And you say, ah, I am free. I'm free to get this. And then guess what? Once I put this work in, I'm going to be free to chill too. I'm, I'm actually going to be more free. Uh, to chill than you where you're not you're not actually ever even free to enter into the immediate petite joy that you're seeking to enter into because guess what in the back of your mind you're still thinking about oh my god i got all this work to do and stuff like that mm -hmm. so it actually is a you let's know say, you just kind of like let's say i'm presented yourself. with uh a choice in life what's a good way to to kind of sift the type of freedom that these choices have like let's say i have a choice between is there is there like a good benchmark or a question that i can ask myself that will help me determine if a choice i'm making is an arbitrary freedom or if a choice that i'm making is a purposeful freedom it's a great question i think two questions you can ask yourself one is um if you have the choice in your mind i think the first good question to ask yourself is Am I actually free to obtain this desired end? Am I free to do this? Mm -hmm. um, and you got to be honest with yourself. I think a second more practical question is simply asking yourself, what are the, some of the things that I need to put in place in order for me to achieve this? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do in order to achieve this? So if you have the goal in mind that you want to grow in your love and affection and, and in the relationship you have with your wife, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a noble and honorable desire you have, right, in your heart, let's say. Now, you ask yourself, all right, well, am I free to achieve this? Right. And, and that's a that's a very real question, even though it's somewhat obtuse, because mm -hmm. we don't typically ask ourselves that. Right. It's like mm -hmm. weird. It's like, why well, am I free? Right. And almost <laughs> the, the temptation is like, yeah, I'm free. What do you mean? What kind of question is that? I'm free. Yeah, I'm a free. But yeah, it's, like, it's really like, am I free? In other words, in other words, uh, am I wrestling with temptations that hold me down to a degree of bondage? that I really won't be able to do this. That, that's kind of really what the question is asking. Mm -hmm. Are there any blocks 
are any real hindrances that may keep me from, from loving my wife well? Like what right now, what can I, if I did a survey of the things that are holding me back, right? And, and if I'm able to see that, then I'm, I'm in a really good place because then the, the second or follow-up question is, all right, what then do I need to do? To, to make the path easier for me to do this, right? And so that means now being intentional with a number of things, removing those blocks, being intentional with your time, uh, 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 doing uh, retreats with your wife, whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're, you're, you're doing it. But, but, but again, you'll realize because of the, that it's not easy necessarily. In other mm-hmm. words, it's not easy to cultivate something uh, uh, that is uh, healthy, right? It's going to require some work because, again, our tendency is to find the easy way out. Our mm. te- we, we, our tendency is to not, put, like, to resist, right? Mm. We just kind of, like, want to give in to some of the inherent vices of our fallenness, like slothfulness or laziness, lusts, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera, you know? So I, I hopefully that 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 helps, you know. Yeah, no, that's great. Wow. Um, I always go back LeBron or Kobe or, or Michael Jordan in his prime. These were these were the best or are the best in the game because they were the freest and they are the freest on the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They 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 are and that's a, well, again, it's in a weird way an obtuse way of putting it, but think about it, right? The way they can handle the ball, the mm-hmm. way they can drive it, right, to the net, their their ability to get the rebound, their ability to rally their team, to assist, layups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they're able to achieve all these things, and their ability to achieve them is 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 clearly an indication of their freedom on the court. Um, and, and what does that mean? They not only know the rules, they've embodied them. It's, it's in their muscle memory. It's in their somatic reality, right? It, they can dribble the ball in their sleep. You can wake them up at 2 in the morning and throw the basketball immediately to them, and they'll be able to do all these things half awake. It's so in them. And, and how did it get? The question is how? Ah, oh, discipline, discipline, mm-hmm. discipline, practice. Pl- yes, there's raw skill. Right? Yes, there, there's things that people are born with, but it, all of that is cultivated through. And what they had in mind was that purposeful freedom. That purposeful freedom. That's the role of a coach. The role of a coach is to help his, his or her team to move from a sort of arbitrary freedom to purposeful freedom. Right? Ah, oh, coach, we got to do another practice. You tell me I got to eat every, I got to watch everything that I eat right now in this season. Yes, you got to, yes. Here are the new rules. Here are the new laws. Here are the, ah, oh, yes. You know, you're, and, and that hour, like, ah, oh, is, is that, that's the pain. It's like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but what do you want? You want to be champion? You want to be champions? You want to get that ring? You want to, yeah, okay. So the question is, are you free to obtain that? Yeah, I want to be, okay. Well, then here's what you must say yes to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. So, so just to wrap it all up, uh, sure. going to the initial question of what is authentic freedom? I wanted to mm. zero in on, on that authentic word. Why, does, mm. why is purposeful freedom considered authentic then, based off of everything that you just said? Because I, th- because I, I think that it has, the word purposeful has in mind a goal. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the direction right so when we think of freedom 
purely as arbitrary exercising of our will, of our volition, there's there's something not as authentic about that mode of freedom, I would say. It seems to me it makes most more sense to think of freedom in terms of what are we free for rather than merely what we're free from, mm -hmm. right? And, and here's one of the reasons why. Because if I'm only thinking about freedom from X, Y, and Z, I'm actually end up, I'm going to end up, I believe, becoming a slave to my very base or fallen nature. Mm -hmm. So if I just lived within the domain of an arbitrary freedom perspective, that's a recipe for bondage. It's a recipe for slavery. It's a recipe for disaster, right? Um, a person who does nothing with her or his life is probably the person who is precisely and definitively baptized into an arbitrary mindset. It's like, ah, I don't want to do it. I just want to chill. I just want to be here. I'm not going to, ah. right? Because anything that they, well, the things that they would need to do in order to get their life back on track will require a push against the resistance that will continue to weigh them down in their couch, right? So I think that's why um, arbitrary freedom, though I want to say, I want to maintain the tension that it is a kind of freedom, right? Definitely, is, it is a kind of freedom. It's just a lower and less authentic mode of freedom in light of how we are designed as human beings, in light of our makeup and our nature. Mm -hmm.